how's Yo. it going, everyone? And welcome back to yet again another episode of Box One Playoff Edition. So, um, since the first round, we've been taking a look through the second round matchups, and beyond that, um, there's been a lot of headlines been happening, uh, especially for teams who aren't in the playoffs or are making huge moves um, for their team. And we got a lot to digest for this episode, so why don't we get right straight to the headlines? Take it away, face. All right, our first major headline, Kemba Walker of the Boston Celtics is now heading to another team, the Oklahoma City Thunder for um, Al Horford and some picks. So essentially, the Thunder are just building up a treasure chest of picks. I mean, what do they have, like 45 over like the next eight years? I mean, at this point, it's just like, they're just absolutely going to be built for the future. If they land the number one pick, I think the lottery's very soon or coming up soon. If they land like a bunch of number one overall talents, like the whole league's going to be in trouble. Um, what could be interesting though is that Al Horford is going back to the Celtics, and um, you know I'm not sure how the Celtics fan base likes Al Horford, but it'll it'll be interesting to see how he plays. He's way past his prime. I'd call him washed. A lot of people call him washed. Notified washed maybe. man. Oh yeah, but um, we'll see how he fits in with the Celtics. Uh, yes. Um, well, I believe that the lottery is happening tonight, so chances are maybe the Thunder might get quite a few lottery picks given how much many picks they have like the next few years. And really, honestly, I think the Thunder has a pretty nice future ahead of themselves. They have like a very, very young core. I think they have the youngest team in the NBA uh, so far, like an average age, like 22, 23 years of age. Um, you have players like SJ and Lou, Lou Dort, um, you know, gonna, really going to develop uh, very nicely. Um, I believe they oh, also have... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you know, maybe like um like once Kemba's able to like be, be back in like his full um form, like maybe serve himself like a like a nice veteran uh leadership uh for the Thunder team. So, you know, I, I, I'm thinking like many people like were like why why this trade even happen? But you know, like looking on the bright side for the Thunder, I think this might turn up um pretty decently. And as for the Celtics, I mean like yeah, they brought back Horford, but clearly Horford is just heading to his twilight years and you know, maybe like he could like provide like some like useful minutes um, to like really help balance out Tatum and Brown. Um, maybe like the Celtic may be able to like retool themselves for this off season. So, yeah, first major trade is happening this off season. So let's get move on with it. But so what's happening next is that a lot of teams are really switching up their coaching jobs. Like first, uh, first off, Rick Carlisle, the Mavs, has resigned his coaching job there after I believe like what in 13 years as Mavs coach won a championship in 2011. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this was kind of a shocker. Like, I was kind of surprised as well. Um, like, given how like he himself has has a reputation of like, becoming like, a really well well experienced coach um, and having a team life like uh, revolve around Luka Doncic. Um, I'm gonna kind of really gonna wonder like what coach uh, next up is going to like really lead his team to, like to the next level. So, yep. I agree. Um, I think, especially after like their disappointing first round exits um, this year and last year, um, I think big changes need to come. I think Porzingis should have gone. I don't think Carlisle is the problem. I think he's like coached his team up to be pretty well. I mean, they took the, the Mavericks up to, I mean, sorry, the Mavericks took the Clippers up to seven games this season. It's just, he just, Luka just didn't have any help. So I wouldn't say like Rick Carlisle is the problem, but um, I feel like Dallas does have a very good squad. I think they need a more defensive-minded number two um, scorer that can get his own shot. I think that's what they need more than anything. Um, but I hate to see Ricardo go. Yeah. And speaking of which, I believe that the Mavs GM Donnie Nelson is also resigned as well. So 
the Mass also searching for a new general manager role, and it actually mentioned phase like having being able to search um, some like really nice players added to like can really help out Luca um, shared workload. So yeah. Um, also, uh, Stan Van Gundy of the New Orleans Pelicans is also out as coach um, after one year. And really, I mean, it's not really much of a surprise. I mean, he really didn't bring his team to its full potential um, as far as like in terms of like pacing and all that. Like, what this is like one of the fastest teams uh, we've seen. And unfortunately, like, you know, Zion Williamson is two years, uh, has yet to see a playoff berth. Um, hopefully, new, another coach might be able to. Um, really take them to uh, to the playoffs. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy was just never right, the right fit. I mean, he turned Lonzo into a spot-up shooter, which, like, that's not even Lonzo's, Lonzo's strength. Like, sure, like, Lonzo's worked on his jumper to become, like, an elite sniper, but his main attribute is his ability to playmake. And you have out here having Brandon Ingram and Eric Bledsoe handling the ball. Like, I'd fire you right that instant. You have probably one of the best um, playmakers in this league. Lonzo's actually a really good player. I don't know why people keep hating on him, but um, the Pelicans have got to make some progress. They're too talented of a team not to make the playoffs at this point. Exactly. I mean, they had two all-stars. Yeah. They couldn't be able to make the playoffs, so definitely uh, definitely, it's part of management. Really need to step up, step it up for this team. And uh, lastly, Scott Brooks of the Washington Wizards is also out. Um, they weren't able to uh, reach mutually on a contract extension, so he is also not returning for Wizards coach. Um, I mean, it's... Um, I don't like really much to say with, about this one. I mean, like, Scott Brooks had like decent run with the Wizards in the playoffs, especially when like John Wall uh, was like fully healthy at the time. I think they were able to make like a few nice runs down to the second round. Um, I mean, best of luck for him. Hopefully we can be able to get a job in a different team. Um, but, yeah. And then, um, yeah, about the Wizards, I think they're supposed to be a really good team this year, except like injuries, I don't know, chemistry, what happened, Bradley Beal, Westbrook. I feel like they're actually a pretty good duo. I just don't know what happened with like the whole operation. But um, essentially, they, they should have been swept. I mean, they did steal a game, which was nice for Wizards fans. You know, that's the best thing that could have happened. They all stole a game. But uh, um, Wizards need a lot of help. Yeah, and especially if all these uh, coaching uh, job vacancies open, they're like, um, some coaches like Mike D'Antoni's has interest in like probably like interviewing uh, coaching the Blazers and also coaches like uh, Chauncey Billups, uh, Becky Hammond might be potentially become the first female head coach of the NBA. Uh, we kind of like glad to see that. So, I mean, there are a lot of positions up in the air and we'll just see how uh, things play out for the next season. All right. Uh, next, uh, we have a, an award given out to uh, Phoenix Suns. General Manager James Jones has won the Executive of the Year, and this is a huge props for him. I mean, being able to, he was able to craft a team that is really just built for like really playing well together and like being able to acquire Chris Paul uh, from the Thunder, really had that that leadership and the pick up the the, the penalty that point God uh, this year and be able to so far be able to make the conference finals uh, for the first time in 11, like being able to playoffs in 11 years, but also making the conference finals. This is a really impressive work on him as well. Like also gave credit to Monty Williams as well to really shift this uh shift this team into place. Exactly. I think the Suns are like actually one of the best like well constructed teams in the league. I mean what you have with like Booker, C P three, Bridges, Aiton and um Crowder. I mean just that five and plus you have a campaign coming off the bench and then Sarage. They have like a lot of talent. I mean 
I was listening to something and say how like the Phoenix Suns play kind of old school, but like it's working. I mean, Booker's what he put up a forty point triple double against Game One against the Clippers, and it's just like they're not they're not scared at the moment. I feel like they they want it more than ever. And hey, if they go to the finals, that's quite an achievement. One season, that's all they need. A one leader in CP3 that just speaks to his greatness. But yeah, I hope the Suns make it all the way. That's what I'm rooting for. But yes, sir. And another award has been given out for Lamelo Ball, winning Rookie of the Year.、Um, you know, big congrats to him. I mean, I think Lamelo is probably one of the, alongside Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton. I think like among those three, I think Lamelo has been really showing like the, the highest potential as far as like given he has already previous professional experience playing like basketball in Australia.、Um, you know, like. I think like a lot of people were like like viewing Lamelo as something that Lonzo was supposed to be in, in his rookie season, and like really, Lamelo has really made like the Hornets kind of like one of the funnest teams to watch throughout the season, and I'm I'm awfully sure that、um, he's just one step ahead、um, for to becoming、like, a really good、uh, like almost like a superstar. Yeah, I think Melo has like that flashy type play style that really attracts everybody. Him and Anthony Edwards. I mean, I still remember Anthony Edwards that one poster dunk on Utah won a Tabi. I mean, that's just like dunk of the year as、oh, a rookie.、Filth. I mean, just filth. This untapped potential. But yeah, this rookie class is really bright.、Um, Halliburton, like people made fun of his jump shot, and yet he's still like cooking people. So you know,、um, good that Melo won the rookie of the year. The Hornets hopefully should make the playoffs next year.、Um, they have a solid young core, interesting coach. But、uh, the announcer, the answer, the announcer is my favorite. I'm sorry, I just gotta put that. Love the guy, Eric. Eric Collins is probably one of the most entertaining announcers、uh, out there for sure. And so, as the 2020、uh, Olympics、uh, in Tokyo is on its right around the corner, Team USA is starting to craft its roster、um, to compete. And so far, we got a lot of big names、uh, playing to play, like players like Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal.、Um, I heard that there was news that KD and Harden are committed、uh, to play for Team USA. So, a lot of talent、uh, in the NBA、um, really want to represent their country for the Olympics. So. Love to see that. And lastly,、um, so the NBA is considering implementing a new rule where they are limiting fouls for when it comes to like non-basketball shooting moves,、um, shooting motions. So you know, like players like James Harden and like Trey Young or and others really love to kind of like initiate contact on their defenders, like pretty putting up awkward shooting motions, just so that they can get to the free throw line and. Not all fans are a big fan of that, so you know I think props to the NBA of really trying to like discourage、uh, players to try and to become like you know circus circus players. Honestly, you know like you weren't naturally born like learn supposed to learn like like just flailing your arms like back and forth trying to like fling the ball in the air just hoping you draw some contact, but that's that seems to be、uh, be the case. So hopefully this、um, rule might be.、Uh, Applied like probably this following season, or maybe at least like next season, or like the following season after. So,、um, nice effort NBA though. Yeah, I mean nobody wants to watch people go to the free throw line. I mean, like Harden goes there with like 25 times a game, and you see Giannis airball the two free throws. Like nobody wants to watch that. Like your view shirt's gonna go down free throws. People want to see like the action, the intensity, how the team like、mm-hmm. works so easily. Yeah, exactly. You know, like fouls,、free. like like yeah, when it comes to, like fouls, like being called, it just really like slows the game down tremendously, and like it get, it becomes like very boring to watch. Just watching like players going free throw line, especially when it comes to Giannis. I mean, 
Um, the, the man just wants to take so much time. You can you can honestly, when like Giannis is about to get free, you can like literally go to the like go to the bathroom like you know, with like a little break, and then like, boom, and he's still gonna take his free throws. So, yeah. The funny anyway, thing is that he airballs yeah. too. That's the funny part. Yeah, it takes him. It takes him one minute to airball two three two free throws. Um, I mean, not a great look for him, but we'll we'll get to those uh, and just right about pretty much uh, on our way now. So with all those headlines out of the way, let's get right into the second round matchups of these playoffs, and we'll start off with the Western Conference um, with the number one seed Utah Jazz and number four seed Clippers and. This was quite an unexpected result. The Clippers, um, they were down 0-2 against the Jazz, and practically everyone was counting them out, especially when Kawhi Leonard um, got injured in Game 4 of that knee injury. Many people fear it might be an ACL, but fortunately it's just a knee sprain, so um, this is really great news for Kawhi Leonard. And the Clippers managed to win the next four uh, against the Jazz, and are now in the Conference Finals for the first time in its history. yeah, I mean, this is like really impressive for the Clippers being able to really kind of shut down all the haters, especially if their playoff utility these, this past decade and being able to really like go, go over that hump to reach the conference finals, especially with Ty, Ty Lue's uh, first year as head coach. I mean, he's done, he did, he was able to do them one year than Doc Rivers couldn't do in the past seven years. We still can do it, but uh, can't. Okay. Um, but I think more importantly, I'm just like ashamed that the Jazz fell apart. I mean, after like Mitchell sort of like hampered his ankle, and I think game three or something like that, like they just had no chance. Especially Terrence Mann like exploding for like 39 points. Just like no one on the Jazz really stepped up. Rudy Gobert was a liability because like once the Clippers started playing like five out, everyone was a shooter. Like Gobert's only good inside the paint. He put him outside. Line. Yeah. Turn, turns into a clown. Um, and the thing, yeah, and the thing is, like, in Game Six, the in the first half, um, the the Jazz were just firing at all cylinders. Yeah, like, Jordan Clarkson scoring all of his twenty one points in the second quarter, and like they they were able to build up a twenty five point lead in the third. And soon after, the Clippers started hitting their threes, and um, that lead just washed away. And we thought Atlanta was about blowing leads, but they're not about blowing um, leads. <laughs> yeah. Um, so about so I believe during. That's early this series when the Sun, when Jazz were up two nothing. Uh, Stephen A. Um, he loved the guy with all of his uh, energy and all that, but uh, he self he he claimed that uh, Donovan Mitchell is now the, is the greatest Jazz player in history. And you know, with all due respect to Mitchell, I mean he's a, he's a great player, and I think he's going to become a, a superstar. I think a superstar talent um, throughout his career. Um, like Carl Malone and John Stockton are def- are two of the greatest uh, Jazz players in its franchise. I mean they were able to lead finals twice and. You have a player who is the second all-time leading scorer, two-time MVP, like, and and Carl Malone, and you have another player, John Stockton, being the all-time leader assists and steals. I mean, those two players are practically cornerstones of the franchise. So I say for Stephen, I just just hold it, hold on for a moment. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. That's for sure. So. Yeah, um, not much to say. I mean, it's, it's kind of disappointing for the Jazz. You know, they had like a really good season, um, had the best record in NBA, had top five offense and defense. It's just like they just weren't able to kind of keep themselves composed and, you know, let the Clippers be able to win four straight. And, you know, fake number one seed. Fake, fake number, number one seed, watch number one seed is a fraud, one one seed. But, you know, we got to give Clippers their props as well. I mean, players like Paul George, you know, People were keep rattling him off for his like playoff woes throughout this, in these past few years, but he's really stepped up tremendously, especially with the absence of Kawhi Leonard. 
know, being able to like, get a lot of his players involved, especially like Reggie Jackson, who stepped up uh, tremendously as well. Uh, Rajon Rondo, their, their late-season acquisition, being able to facilitate offense. Even DeMarcus Cousins, you know? Like, he's a nasty dunk. Put up some, serve, some nice minutes, too. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Suns Nuggets. <sighs> I mean, hate to see Nikola Jokic MVP, and man, just couldn't even get a game. He got ejection, I think, game three, and then that was... That was that was basically it. I just speaks volumes like think how talented the Suns are. I mean, they're able to like play their own game. Um, the Nuggets really miss Jamal Murray. Um, the Porter Michael Williams dude didn't step up. The Rivers dude didn't step up. The Monty Morris dude didn't step up. Aaron Gordon, Gordon had like six points yeah. the whole series. I mean, it's kind of disappointing. It's it's really a bitter bitter end to the Nuggets season because I think like they they were even with uh, Murray got injured uh, like around April, they were able to like really keep things going. Um, like you know, Michael Porter Jr. had like a breakout season, but unfortunately, like he was he wasn't able to um, produce as well in these playoffs. And you know, so it's kind of a bitter ending, especially that like Jokic won MVP when it wasn't able to muster even a single win against the Suns team. But you know, we gotta give credit to the Suns team. The Suns team is absolutely loaded. They're one of the super talented, really well coached, and just honestly probably one of the probably one of the favorites to win this championship. Uh, as it stands, Suns and four. Remember that dude? That dude who picked the fight. Which, yeah, Suns and four. Yeah, one of the infamous things that happened in this series is that there was a there was a brouhaha during the, I believe in game two, uh, Suns were blowing out, and then uh, one of the Sun, Suns fans got a little bit heated with some Nuggets fan absolutely gave them business. Um, I heard like it's because like the Nuggets fans like they poured beard on him. Uh, I mean, come on now, seriously, and you know they got what they deserve. And uh, Suns and uh, the fan, Suns fan predicted correctly. All right, moving on. Eastern Conference Sixers Hawks. Okay, this series is a lot to talk about. Philly, I think should have won in like four or five. We were all being like, you know, I think all, I think we predicted at least like the Sixers should win at least like fairly quickly. Um, but then in Game One of uh, that series, I mean, the Hawks stole that. Actually, they. They stole games one, five, seven uh, on their on their home floor, um, and I think it's like a pretty like testament of like the talent that the Hawks have as themselves have. Like especially we all know how good that Trey Young can be. We have like players like Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari able to step up, uh, bring, bring being able to produce um, for their team. And you know I think like the, the Sixers. I mean. The process, to, uh, I think, is officially dead. Uh, as oh, of the process doesn't exist. Uh, and not being able to reach the conference finals, like since, mm. like the since when him, Sam Hinky was their GM, um, it's, it's 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 just super disappointing to see like the Sixers team fall out, especially especially like, like how well they played throughout the regular season. You know, Joel Embiid was having an MVP season type of season. Um, and then you have like you have your acquisition like Danny Green, Seth Curry being able to like spread the floor and be able to shoot the ball. I mean, Seth Curry this, this series was definitely like I thought. I think you, we might have saw like a, some glimpse of Steph, you know, even though Steph is in the playoffs. But you know, it, it's but I think probably the main reason besides that Doc, unfortunately himself, is lost nine straight. I believe nine straight game sevens uh, with the chance to clinch the next series and. You know, but let's talk about this guy named Ben Simmons. How did this dude only take three shots in the fourth quarter? 
But I remember like when he passed up game seven an open dunk where he like passed to Matisse the bully or whatever his name is and like <laughs> Thy bully. Matisse Die bully, yeah. And he like forced him into some contested acrobatic layout where he got fouled. And you could even see like Ben Simmons' face and like everyone's face is just like Bro, if you're like you're already scared to shoot, like why are you passing up open layups and dunks? That should have been an open dunk to keep had the defender behind him. All he does is have to go up. The man six ten handles, he can play defense, and yet he's scared to shoot. And I mean he's been putting up mediocre numbers for like the majority of the series, like six points, five points, eight points. Like you can't be a number two option and only put like eight points a game. Um, personally, I don't think Doc Rivers is to blame. Um, although, like, he has a, like, reputation, I feel like a lot of it is on the players. Um, especially Benson is not being aggressive. Dybul with the unnecessary foul again, hitting Kevin Herter in the head. Like, there's no explanation for that. That basically just, like, put a hole through, like, your hopes of, like, a comeback. And, I mean, Embiid was hitting his shots down the stretch. Tobias Harris showing up. Seth Curry showing up. Uh, Cork Maz. I mean, like, they, they had all the right pieces, just, like, these small mental mistakes. This is, like, when they... Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely bite you back. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think definitely for sure for Ben Simmons' series, it was definitely a psychological um, issue. I mean, this guy is definitely more capable of being able to, like, score down the paint. I mean, he's, def- he's like, practically automatic when it comes to, like, layups and dunks and all that. So this it's definitely that he's something, something's going at him. And the free throw line of uh, this series does not do any justice. Um, he shot 22 of 67, which is roughly 32.8% of his series, which makes it worse in playoff history with a minimum of 50 free throw attempts. That is, yes, that's even worse than Shaq. Shaq has now the second worst free throw percentage in the playoffs series at 33%, 33.5%. That was in 2006 of the Heat. So, this is definitely, like, it's definitely a wake-up call for Ben Simmons being able, like, he needs to really expand his game. Like, you were drafted 2016, number one pick overall, and you really have not shown any glimpse of growth. Like, to be honest, your rookie season, your rookie quote-unquote season in 2018 uh, was probably your best season. Um, you actually, like, that's your career high in assists and to assist in points um, during that season. And you kind of, yeah, I think this is probably one of his down seasons, uh, really. I think he's averaging, he averaged like career lows and like points, rebounds, and assists um, throughout the season for Simmons. And yeah, uh, he's, he's going to have to step up. There's potentially going to be trade for him. I heard that um, there was possibly a trade for Simmons from a column for the, for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, yeah, so honestly, really, this series is just super disappointing for the Sixers, but it's just a tough way to go out. Um, the process is officially over. Yeah, and yeah, Ben Simmons getting traded. I think even Doc Rivers said, like, when somebody asked him, do you think Ben Simmons can be, like, the point guard on a championship caliber team? And he's like, I don't he know the answer to that yet. And I'm like, yikes. You do not want to yeah, hear that, that if you're Ben Simmons. does not speak a lot about <laughs> what Ben Simmons can do. So, yeah, tough way to go out. Hawks are now in the conference finals and this is the first time they're in conference finals without an all-star yes Young is technically was an all-star but he was an all-star for this season surprisingly so yeah it kind of shows a testament of like how well this team is like really well constructed and well being able to like play nate mcmillan uh took over as head midway of the season very underrated very very underrated very underrated um uh, really well jo- well done job for him Oh, speaking of which, I believe, like, um, in a post-game interview for that Game 7, um, John Collins uh, had a shirt that showed him 
posterizing Joel Embiid in game in game six. And to be fair, you know, if you're when you're able to take them down, take down the Sixers in this series, I you know you just, you just gotta have a little bit of fun and some trolling. So I'll allow it. I'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. <laughs> so, but still, that's, that's hella funny though. I love that. Oh, even, even, even reporters were asking about that. Like, so uh, what's that shirt you're wearing? Oh, this one. I, you know, it's like this new shirt I just got here. So I hope you like it. <laughs> Imagine giving that to a beat post game. Yo, the jersey swap, like, Joel gets in jersey with the Bronco, like, here, I'll give you this instead. <laughs> oh my god, the ultimate, ultimate troll. Oh my god. Alright, our last Eastern Conference semi-final matchup, um, we got the Nets and the Bucks. Oh my god, don't, I can't, I can't even speak. Oh, man, I, don't, I mean, you know, Katie. sorry, Pace, this is tough for you, uh, for you to digest. Uh, uh, Hey, but KD did like play like his like butt off like he games five six fine. seven. Like when they needed him the most, forty nine. He like he didn't have a triple double in game five, right? But he had like yeah. forty nine points and like twelve rebounds and like eight assists or something like that. Like he literally put the team on his back. Damn near dropped fifty points. He didn't miss a free throw. Stephen A. called. I'm really like. Damn, he called. Job, Stephen yeah, a. you know, honestly, you know, like. <laughs> He, he, Stephen A. predicted that he knew that Katie had to have at least has, has to have fifty in order for like the Nets to be able to have a chance to win. And you know, I think like this Nets team. I mean, the injury bug really took a hit on this game. Um, you know, like both the the big three were only able to play together for like fourteen games altogether, which is practically not even enough, close to enough to be able to build up chemistry. And unfortunately, Kyrie Irving had to ankle that really bad ankle injury in game in game four um really tough way to see it go out um but you know props to the Bucks for being able to like really make adjustments um to the game you know like pj tucker really like really matched like really made kd work to get his points up um like the physicality that this bucks team brings like really like makes nets have to like really work a whole lot harder in order to score on them which kind of plays a role in their fatigue um, then that game seven overtime thriller. So, you know, I gotta, gotta give Bucks their credit as well. You know, like Giannis, you know, you know, people are like riding him out like he's not able to like perform well in the playoffs and just really able to show him what he's made of, show that dominant force that he's uh, meant to be. Um, yeah, and uh, speaking of Giannis, you know, like he was able to put up 40 in that game seven, but uh, throughout the series, he's had a reputation for his free throw routine and Brick. and I believe that in game six in the first um, I believe in the first half of the game, like it took Giannis took 210 seconds for his seven free throws 210 seconds that is a solid three and a half yeah. minutes three plus oh, yeah, three and a half. yeah I mean come on now Clearly, that the refs do not acknowledge the 10-second rule. I mean, even TNT had to include the Giannis 10-second 10 10-second 10 free throw clock broadcast on on TV. Um, I mean, but like in Game Seven, he had, he did pretty solid. He went like eight for 14 in that series, which is probably like his best. Pretty high. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty high for him certainly. Um, but yeah, um, there was like a funny clip, like like when he was doing his free throw routine. Uh, Harden was like completely obviously he's completely annoyed like bro 
Why are you, why are you giving this man this many times to shoot a freaking free throw? Only for him to like nearly guarantee to miss. I mean. Hey, Harden was right though. Giannis can only run and dunk. But I think about the Nets, what happened is like the entire team just fell apart. Especially like that OT game. Like literally it was like a one Bruce Brown layup and then like, the whole team couldn't score. Yeah, they were up 2 nothing. Um, Bucks game three, and they were about like 50 seconds left for like to take a three commanding three nothing lead, which in NBA history has never been. Um, no team has ever come back from a three nothing deficit. So, it, yeah, I mean, I don't know what Bruce Brown was thinking of just like, yeah, Kyrie and KD like like wide up in on like around the three and saying, but it's Bruce Brown time according to him, and didn't produce. But uh, let's yeah, just. Um, yeah, but let's just talk about what happened in Game 7. Like, it's the first overtime Game 7 uh, since, like, 06 or something. And KD, as usual, like, really showed up, putting up 48 points. And he played every single minute of that game, including overtime, all 53 minutes, as well as James Harden. Um, but that game was practically just a game of millimeters. As we saw... And at game time, game time, not game winning, game time two. And the regulation. This shoe was this If only this shoe was a half size smaller, chances are that would have been a th- uh, would have been the three. And would would eventually instead shot of the century. Send the net to the conference of the Bucks. I mean people are thinking like, yeah, the Bucks are, you know, they're they're gonna falter like as usual, like in the closing second, because they were up four. With about, let's say, like, I think like 45 seconds remaining, and KD put that clutch uh, jumper to put up a two, and then like the Bucks were had that critical turnover. I don't know oh, what yeah, Lopez, Lopez was thinking. Was... Like there were two seconds left, and like I don't know why you're trying to pass the Milton. Just keep it, up, keep it at least. Like maybe you could might might have drawn a foul or something, but just you gotta get a shot at that because you practically gave the Nets like a golden opportunity for them to win it all, and they were they had practically had it was just just a few inches like. On the on toes on the line, but you know, I I think it's like you know, as many people like really wrote off KD like when he joined the Warriors, like this man's only like chasing rings on like loaded teams, and I mean pretty much that thing applied this year when they had Harden and Kyrie, they had the they had the Nets themselves had a super team, but clearly Harden was not by himself, and KD was uh, Kyrie was injured with that ankle injury. And then Katie had practically put his team on his back. And, you know, I think, like, people are just, it's just a testament of how great, of the greatness that he has, um, especially when it comes to playoff moments. Like, this this man's a monster. And he came up from, then, like, about, he came up from an Achilles injury that's usually, like, a guaranteed, like, they won't, no player would be, like, 100% back. This man put up 49, 32, and 48 in, like, in spot 6 and 7. Absolutely insane. From an Achilles injury. Like, we ever see that but you know uh, another player I think we need to mention is is Joe Harris and um, boy this this kid could not shoot for the life of him this man was the the three point shooter NBA and he literally could not be able to shoot not like not really do is like his role you know he, he's he's a spot three-point shooter and like really he's practically automatic even from what especially wide open there were then in that overtime game um there was like 
about 50 seconds left remaining and like Katie had a miss and then um, Gallup back to Joe Harris and like literally no defender with like six feet bricked it I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know what to say I mean this this man is probably going to be another addition roster to like the Chinese, Chinese basketball team to be honest alongside like Ku, Porzingis and others and Simmons, <laughs> and Simmons especially um, actually yeah, like, yeah. Uh, an interesting stat is that Giannis shot better from three than Joe Harris uh, I have no words I, I can't even respond to that I, I, just, I, I, I have I, no I, words it's just unbelievable I mean, we all, we, everyone makes fun of like Giannis in his three point shooting, like not Joe Harris. I mean, Joe Harris is a three point marksman, but you let Giannis shoot better from three than you in the playoffs? Come on, man. Need to see it. All right, well, moving on to our conference finals. Um, we're going to quickly give, uh, we're going to give our predictions. Um, so the Suns are up 1 0 against the Clippers. Um, Deep book game one, yeah. That game one is absolutely crazy. Deep book. Yeah. His first, that, that's actually his first career triple-double in the Western Conference Finals. Like 40 points, 13, uh, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. Literally put the team on his back. CP3 out due to COVID protocols. Uh, eight showed up. Bridges played good defense. Crowder hit threes. All crew did what they were supposed to do. And then bro, the Clippers literally gave a wide-open dunk. Like, when it was 118-114, they did the inbounds pass. Like, Booker just got a wide-open dunk. And I'm like... How do you you can't have a defensive breakdown? Like you know, I think like Terrence, like Terrence Mann, like I think he was like a step behind, um, because he he was like on the like the left block, and like when Booker was like like driving to the rim, I think it was like a half step too late to try to really if we could test it. Yeah, I think they, they could see the wide open dunk, which proved to be uh, the dagger to crush that game one. Um, they're current, they're playing tonight for game two. Uh, still, CP3 nor Kawhi Leonard will be playing, so. Um, yeah, I pretty much expecting his sons should be able to win this out, especially the way how this team is really just, especially with like how much rest they've had since they swept the swept the Nuggets. Like they pretty much shine no signs of slowing down, and especially when you have Deepak really rising up to the occasion, his first ever playoff playoff debut, playoff career um, this year. Like this, this Suns team is gonna go far away, go up, probably too well. But the thing is, I, I don't really want to count the Clippers too because they've been down 0-2 the past against the map, and they were down 0-2 against the Jazz, and they both came back. So even the Suns win this one, I don't necessarily want to count out, count them out. Probably in six. Suns in six. That's my prediction. All right. The Eastern Conference Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta Hawks. We, to be honest, I don't think any of us really expected this matchup, and. Really, you know, as great as the Atlanta Hawks have been, really being a huge surprise on us, really taking taking down the Knicks and then taking down the 76ers. Um, the Bucks, I think, were, it might just be too much for them. Like, they're just too big, too talented, and really, I don't think they should have no signs of like slowing down, especially being able to like really having making the adjustments to take down the Nets especially um, even when KD puts up like 50 points. So possibly I think Suns in five, not not Suns, Bucks in five at least. Maybe even a sweep possibly as Chuck said, Bucks in four. Bucks in five or Bucks in six. I don't I don't know if the Hawks, I mean, I counted the Hawks out like every single series, but I think this is like where they officially get their match. Like their, their Cinderella story might, might end here. And yeah, honestly, to be fair, like I think mean, this is probably the Bucks' best chance to win a championship. Um, 
like especially with many of the most of the juggernauts um are outs and like they're practically they're practically the only team that's healthy i mean like Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, like PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez, we can go on and on about their team. And to be fair, like this, this these playoffs have shown a lot of like being able to see like whichever team is the healthiest could win. You know, Kawhi Leonard's out with a possible with a knee sprain, CP3's in COVID protocols. Um, so yeah, I mean the Bucks might this might be the best Bucks best chance to win it. All right, well I think that's everything I have on my end. Um, as you out mine so thank you all for listening for this episode of box one playoff edition stay tuned for the next fall episode once we see the winner of the western eastern conference finals be sure to tune in those games and i'm sure those matchups will be absolutely insane and we'll catch you all next time stay tuned for some fresh little clean clean content yes sir we like that all yes, right sir. later folks peace out yo